to Jesus. Muhammad is not the way. Nobody else is the way. But Jesus said, I am the way. Not only that, he said, I am the, the entrance. Before you can get to a place, you need to go through a door. And then he said, I'm not only the way, I am the truth. Because there's so many ways out there. So many ways out there. But what's going to differentiate all that ways is the truth. So many ways out there. But how are you going to know which path are you on? There are so many paths in our lives. So many ways in our lives. And, and, and these ways that are in our life, they are so broad. And the way to Jesus is so narrow. And that is Jesus. There's no half Jesus. There's no multiple Jesus. He didn't even say, Peter, you are the way. He didn't even say, John, you're the way. He didn't even say, Paul, you're the way. He said, I am the way. I'm the only way, Jesus, I am. How can we relate this in our life? We live in a culture where there's so many ways to do things. People can change their gender in 12 different ways. Today they will decide that I'm a man. Tomorrow they will decide I'm a woman. Or they will say I'm half. Many ways, identity. Some of us today, we want to become lawyers. Tomorrow we want to become doctors. Tomorrow we want to become businessmen or businesswomen. But it's that one thing. The people who are successful in life are people who decide to do one thing with your life and be committed to it and become the best at it. Because if we're doing so many things in life, it's like we're spreading our eggs in so many baskets. Especially if you're the only one doing it. But focus on one thing. Work out on it. Be the master of it. And then you can move to the next. But Jesus said, I am the way. And then he said, I am the truth. He said, what's going to get you to that way? Is the truth. The truth about what? About me. So many lies out there. And Satan, Jesus said, is the father of lies. So many false ideas. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Oh, look into this. Oh, look into that. Oh, try this other means. Oh, Jesus is not enough. Oh, money is enough. Oh, sex is enough. Oh, there's, ah, you can't really find happiness in God. Oh, there's no peace. Ah, you can't do this. Ah. Look for alternatives. That is why we have sang this song, Christ, you're not for me. Everything I need is in you. I know it's hard. Sometimes we look for other means. Like giving me, I've been asking God, God, how can I achieve a, a, a permanent joy? Sometimes I get depressed. And I start looking for all the alternatives like playing video games. To relieve the stresses of life. We look for other means. True sex. True alcohol. True video games. Because he's saying, wow, life is harsh. 
But what can I do to relieve this harshness of life? Sometimes through our addictions, we all want joy. We all want peace. Not just when we come to church, that is when we get that peace. That is when we're, we're full of energy. When we go out there in the world, when the world batters us down, we need that peace. That peace that surpasses every understanding. That yourself, you'll be baffled, God, in this situation. What kind of peace is this? Is it possible to have it? That is the question that I myself am having. Not just one time. Or when I come to church, I have it maybe for a day. What about the next day? What about on Tuesday? What about on Wednesday? What about on Friday? What about on Saturday? What about on Sunday? And he also said, I am life. That is what all Christ came to do. That is all what we all want in this life. At the end of the day, we all want life. We all want life. Don't let nobody else tell you that, oh, as a Christian, your life should be a miserable life. That all you do is just pray and fast. All you do is just serve people. All you do is just live a, a, a minimum life. All you do is just self-sacrifice. It's all part of it. But if that is your life, wow. That's a miserable life then. Life has to be balanced. This is what Jesus Christ said that he has come to do. He said, I've come to give life and abundantly. He said, I've come to do good and to save life. He said, I've come to do good and to save life. He said, I've come to call sinners to repentance to renew your minds. He said, I've come to preach the kingdom of God. And what is this kingdom of God? To heal, to cast out demons. He said, I've come to do good, and that good encompasses so much. He has come to give us peace. He has come to give us joy. But we're asking ourselves, God, this is what you came to do. But are we experiencing it? Some of us, we're experiencing it. But we want it more. As he said, I've come to do what? Give life and life what? Abundantly. Not just one time that we taste it. David said, come and taste it for yourself. Sometimes when I would come to church, we taste the joy of God. We're like, wow. God, I want more. I want more. That is our desire. We want more of you. You are enough for us. We want more of you each and every day. Out of church, at work, we want more of you. In the gym, we want more of you. At home, all by ourselves, we want more of you. Everywhere that we go, we want more of you. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. Jesus is that access point. And you and I will know the truth that Jesus is the way to God. Not only is the way to God, that the reason why he came is to give us life and life abundantly. And then he said to Thomas, if you had known me, you should have known my father. He said, no one can come to the father. But if you want to come to the father, know me. Believe me. 
Because I can give you access to my father. My father is in heaven. Come be my friend. Wherever I want to go, you go with me. Some of us, we have friends. Wherever, let's say for example, if our friend wants to go to Yorkdale Mall, let's go. Because our friends wants to be around you. That friends wants you guys to go shop together. Because you might know the best half fit. That friend might know it. It's like that. Jesus is saying, if you want to come to my daddy, if you want to come to God, the Father, he said, just be on my side. It's just like, if you want a job, you want a particular job, and your friend works in that firm, and you're telling your friend, hey, I want to get that job. Your friend's like, you know, I'm okay up. I know the boss. We're cool. We're good friends. And then your friend goes in and pitching for you. Oh, I have this friend. Even though you don't have the qualifications, but because your friend is your friend, your friend loves you. And not only that, your friend loves you, but your friend is also friend with the boss. The friend, your friend, and the boss are cool. The boss listens to your friend. It's like that. God listens to Jesus. Jesus Christ said, whatever I say to the Father, the Father will answer me. The Father never said no to the Son. God will never say, Jesus, no, don't pray for prudence. Don't pray for Judith. I'm not going to answer prudence. Do you know the reason why God the Father answered our prayer? It's because of his son. Because Jesus is in heaven praying. Praying for Judith. Praying for Boris. Praying for me. He said, God have mercy on them. God provide for them. God, they're my friend. I love them. I die for them. God, please help them against accident. God, please help them. That's what the Bible says. John 15, from verse 14 to 15, it says, this is just concerning true friendship between Jesus and us. Yeah. It says, that ye are my friends. It said, if ye do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, but I have called you friends. Like when um, you just said something um, regarding how a Christian life is, you said, Sometimes some people see Christians and say they're suffering. You just pray and fast, like just say being a servant to Christ, you know. But we are more than that. Because this passage clearly says, if we do whatsoever God commands us to do, he has already called us his friends. It's, I feel like it's a blessing to be a friend of God. You're a friend to someone who knows everything. A friend to someone that knows your future. Like, and the only thing we need, I keep insisting on this, the only thing we need to be closer to God is the ultimate intimacy. You need this private time to know him more. Like even in the, um, and in the book of Genesis where it says sometimes God comes and walks in the cool of the day when Adam and Eve were created. Around that moment, you need to go somewhere far away just to be with God, just to understand. You just want to hear the sound of the birds and the water and the trees and the wind blowing just to hear him speak. He's going to come to you. And you sometimes we don't even understand the love that God has for us. I'm saying this because um, it's taken me this long to realize that it's only God. Only God that is my friend. It's only God that nobody else. Even when I keep, I keep um, I'm running away from him, he keeps fighting. I don't think we have any friend on this planet Earth that will keep fighting for you even when you're at your worst. 
that's why we come to realize at one point that we are all alone and there is nobody. I'm saying this because sometimes we depend on people so much to a point that we don't even see ourselves. When we look at the mirror, we see other people in us and without, without them, we can't live. So we have to realize that because God lives in us, you can't consider another human being to be your image. You have to consider God as your image because he created you in his own image and his likeness. So each time you're going astray, come back and say, God, I know you live in me. And because you live in me, your presence never disappears. Um, you always fight for me despite all my iniquities. So mm. this is just all what I wanted to share. For I like the ago. point when you said, um, I no longer call you servant, but I call you friend. I mean, you and I, we, there's so many titles that we have. Christianity is not just one way that your whole life, not just they serve no more. Someday they even serve, they get bitterness, they serve. You they serve, you're frustrated. Ah, I say, God, and I just decide no, no one has served me. It's just the day, just they serve no more. But nobody wants to put food on your table. It's just they serve. <laughs> All day with your life, just they serve. You don't want to live a balanced life. No, no, it's not like that. Do you know that? As much as God has so many names, you and I also have so many names in terms of we are sons, we are daughters, we are servants. It's like roles. We are friends, we are priests, we are saints, we are believers, we are lights. We do so much. And each of these identity have a scenario where we have to apply it. There's a time when we are servants. But we need to live a balanced life. God is your friend. He said, the Bible said, Abraham is a friend of God to the point where God will share secrets. That's what friends do. If God is your master and we are his servant, some things that God will do, God will even share it because servant and master relationship is not like that. It's not intimate. I like what Prudence said, intimate. Sometimes we see God as, ah, God, you are too far. You're fearful. But God is a father. God is a father. Do you know that John, this guy we are reading, do you know that the Bible said that this guy was lying on Jesus' chest? It was lying on Jesus', Jesus chest. Whereas Peter was just far away from Jesus. But the guy was just chilling. Friends argue each other. He said, John the beloved. John the beloved. David was a man that loved God. I mean, it's good to fear God, but we should also see God as a father, a friend. He's also our Lord, our Adonai. We're his sons and daughters. Bring out your needs to him. Bring your needs to him. And then Phil Philip said, see all the disciples now, they were asking questions now. Wow. You see, Peter, too, Peter was the first person that asked when he said, Peter said to, unto him, Lord, why can I follow thee? Why can I follow you? Why can I follow you? Why? You can't leave me. Why? I need you. I need you. I need you. Where are we going to go? I'll come. And look what Peter said. I will lay down my life for your sake. Wow. He said, God, Jesus. Wow. That's, 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 you know, one thing I've noticed about disciple, the relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. It was so deep friendship, I'm telling you. 
Once in a while, Jesus actually shouted at them, though. Jesus Christ was like, how long you guys have been with me? Sometimes friends will shout at each other. He said, how long you guys have been with me? But sometimes they joke around. They have fun together. Peter was the first person that asked, Jesus, please don't go. Let me come, let me come with you. And then Thomas said, oh, please show us where you're going to go. Now Philip said, okay, you said you're going to go to the Father. But show us who the Father is so that we can also come. They depend on Jesus. You see, when you depend on somebody that is doing good in your life, you don't want that person to go. Please, can we come along? I want to come with you. Please. Philip said, show us the Father. Jesus said unto him, I've been so long time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip. He said he keep asking about Father, Father. He said, I'm the image of the Father. Hey. He said, you keep asking about Papa God. He said, this God that we call, we have not seen this God, eh? We have not seen this God that we call. Like, okay, who, who is this God? I want to see who God is. But Jesus said, I'm the face of God. I'm the human of God. I'm the hand of God. He said, you have seen me. You have seen God now. Ah. I've been with you so much. I've done things only God can do. I'm not just an ordinary human being. I am more than that. I'm extraordinary. Sometimes we have some good friends. We underestimate our friend. Your friend will come with brilliant idea. My sister, this will make us money. But because you guys have been friends, and how can this happen? We are friends now. We came from the same community. With the gossip. How can this happen? Oh, your friend said, now I want to start living right. You cannot live right. I've known you. You can't. Your friend wants to change. And you don't believe that your friend has the capacity to change or to bless you. As much as you're close to somebody, don't ever underestimate their worth. Don't ever undervalue them. There has to be distance. There has to be respect. If you need something professionally done, don't say, oh, it's just my friend. He's as stupid as I am. Sometimes we carry that attitude because we're friends. Oh, my friend can't do this. I don't think so. You don't know, your, you don't know everything about your friend. Even though it's your friend, but you don't know everything about your friend. So the things that your friend can do that you need, your friend will resolve that issue for you. But because... You think, oh, I don't think my friend has the capacity. I think I've known this person. No, you don't know. Even if you're married to somebody, you don't, you don't know nobody fully. You don't know nobody fully. It doesn't matter how long you live this life. You don't know anyone fully. Only God knows us fully. I don't know Prudence fully. Prudence doesn't know me fully. I don't know Michael fully. Michael doesn't know me fully. Time goes on. We get to know each other. And then when we see some things that we've never seen before, we're surprised. Ah, brother. Is this you? Sister, is this you? You have changed. And if we didn't like it, we we'll walk away from them. If we like it, we will stay. That's how relationship is. Husband and wife. You see something funny about your wife. Baby, I didn't expect that. Something funny about you. Let's continue. Believe that note that I am, the, I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. It was saying that the Father is in me. Do you know that you and I, we have Jesus in us? 
Do you know we have the Holy Spirit in us? Or even God the Father in us? I always ask myself, I'm like, God, if I have you in me, I should do a lot of things that are good. I should do great exploits. I'm like, God, how come you're not working? If God is in us, no, let's, food for thought, take this thought deeply. If God is in you, if God is in you, Paul said, it's no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. He said, the things that I do, it's not Paul that is doing it, eh? He said, it is, it is Jesus that is doing it. Just like when somebody is demonically possessed, they will say, you know what? I was under the influence of demons. Somebody, when you're pulled over by the cops, they were under the influence of alcohol. You know how we can be under the influence of something that directs our actions and behaviors and conduct in our mind. If demons can direct and navigate a man's life for destruction, but why can we do great exploit under the influence of God? Why can we do great exploit under the influence of God? If God is in us, think about it. Think about it. But God is spirit. He can share his spirit. He can share. That is the reason why I said it is a good thing for you guys for me, Jesus, as men to go. Because that way when I go, I can be in all of you at the same time. Do you understand this? He said, if I'm Jesus, one person, I cannot be in Paul. I cannot be in, in Thomas and be in Peter because I'm also, I've also restrained myself so that I can just limit myself as a human being. But when I go and come back in the, in the spirit form, I can be in all of you at the same time. And then I can, Peter, I can use you. I can use Paul. I can use John. I can use Philip at the same time. I don't have to use Peter and then Peter take a break. John come, John take a break. Philip come, Philip take a break. No. And not only that, when the Holy the Pentecost, when Pentecost came, they all spread out. And they all spread out, and they were all doing great exploits under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dispersed. So not just in church we can receive anointing. Not just in church where the Holy Spirit works, but it works in each one of us. And the Bible said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Why are we not seeing greatness in our life? Yes, we are seeing some of it and there are more to come. He said, abide in me and I abide in you and you can be fruitful. Think about it. God, you are in me. My life should not be the way it is. God, you are in me. These bad habits should not dominate my life. As much as God is in you, the flesh is also in you. That's why the Bible said, the flesh and the spirit, the war against each other. God is not going to go there and subdue the flesh without your permission. He will say, hey, don't listen to the flesh. The flesh will say, don't listen to God. Do it. I fed my flesh. And the more you feed these two entities, the more they become stronger. You feed the flesh, the flesh becomes... It's like you feed the flesh, you lean more towards the flesh. You feed the spirit, you lean more towards the spirit. So we have to feed the spirit with the things of the spirit so that the spirit of God can manifest, can operate in our life. Because Jesus Christ said, he said, 
I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. He said, the works that I do, and the words that I speak to you, they're not mine, eh? They're not mine. That is why you and I, we should not, we should not be proud of the, the, the great things that we do. We should just say, God, ha, God, now you do one more. Now you do one. And God receive the glory. 